Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Much of our state continues to burn this morning, and the awful toll of the fires continues to grow. Driven by high winds, the North Complex fire in Butte County exploded across more than 230,000 acres over the last two days. It's also claimed the lives of three people, and 12 are reported missing. The blaze is also churning up painful memories for the residents of Paradise, a town under an evacuation warning that's already synonymous with fire tragedy. With more on that, here's KQED's Dan Brecky. Paradise Mayor Greg Bolin woke up yesterday to a scene he's witnessed before. This morning it was very smoky, very ashy, and you could see a red glow over the hills. Bolin was one of the 25,000 Paradise residents who lost homes in the campfire, which killed 85 people in and near the Butte County town nearly two years ago. He says that his phone blew up yesterday morning with neighbors and constituents worried that another fire was headed their way. You could hear in their voice with their questions, what's going on? Do I need to, do I need to leave? What do I need to do? You know, it's horrible over here. It looks terrible. I see a red glow through the trees. Is there a fire in paradise? Bolin says that five of the seven neighbors on his cul-de-sac on the east side of paradise packed up and left. They didn't want to go through what they did before to have to go through flames, go through fire. The mayor says he got ready to leave, too, waking up his wife and son when he saw the red glow over the hills. Real calmly, I just said, you need to come out here and I want to show you something. And so I showed him what I'm seeing and and um, we went to work packing and getting stuff ready. But with no evacuation order in place, the family stayed put. Bolin says he and his neighbors learned from November 2018. People didn't know what to pack. They really hadn't thought through it. And you think you will. You think you'll know what to do, but you really don't. The shock hits you and you don't think straight. I think we've, been, we've gotten through that and we're ready to we know what to do. Bolin's preparations might still be put to the test. Cal Fire says the North Complex fire still poses a major threat to much of Butte County. For the California Report, I'm Dan Brecky. The U.S. Forest Service has now closed all national forests in California because of the fires. That's 18 forests in all, covering about 20 million acres. And of course, the people at greatest risk when it comes to wildfires are the firefighters with the mission of battling them. Earlier this week, while trying to protect a fire station, 14 firefighters were injured in the Dolan Fire in Monterey County near Big Sur. The firefighters had to take cover under rarely used emergency shelters, which resemble aluminum sleeping bags as they were overtaken by the flames. Three crew members were treated for smoke inhalation and serious burns and are expected to be released from the hospital within the week. 
week, but the fire station was destroyed. Here's Los Padres Forest spokesperson Andrew Marsden. And on that station, you have barracks that the employees live in, as well as two engine bays and an office. So it was a, it's a terrible loss for Los Padres. Marsden says the Forest Service will undergo a review of the incident to see what can be learned. Sometimes firefighters have to do more than battle blazes, like deliver bad news. As Valley Public Radio's Kerry Klein reports, the fire chief of one mountain town is uniquely suited to doing just that. For Chris Donnelly, chief of the Huntington Lake Volunteer Fire Department, bad news this week means telling homeowners their cabins burned down in the Creek Fire. So far, he's done it for five homes, including one that had been in a particular family for a century. That's what's so hard is you know there's these connections. You know, many cabins that they've been passed down and they're they're just memory after memory. Talking to people comes naturally to Donnelly. Since Huntington Lake is mostly a summer destination, he spends nine months a year as a Christian brother at St. Mary's College in Moraga. Chief Donnelly, also known as Brother Chris, says what attracts him to both jobs is serving other people, even when it's a difficult conversation. Knowing he's bringing some kind of closure and a in a way that maybe somebody else couldn't, is it, it makes me do the next one. Donnelly came to know Huntington Lake while working at a Christian camp there decades ago. Then, in the late 90s, he and another brother ended up reviving what was at that time an ailing fire department. Today, however, he's monitoring the Creek Fire from his home in the Bay Area. He told his 16 volunteer firefighters to stand down to let state and federal agencies take the reins. For the California Report, I'm Carrie Klein in Fresno. Because of the fires, lots of Californians woke up yesterday to deep orange skies that conjured up images of the apocalypse or another planet. Today, the air is expected to look more normal, but that doesn't mean what you're breathing in is any healthier. The California Report's Lily Jamali explains. Meteorologist Jan Null says that dark orange sky may stick around through today, but it won't be quite so pronounced. It will be lessening over the next one or two days, and then we'll probably be back to pretty pretty close to normal conditions over the weekend. But while the day might end up looking brighter, the quality of the air we breathe might be worse than it was yesterday, when the marine layer helped keep the smoke from fires around the state high up in the sky. Today, Null says some of that smoke may filter down lower. There could potentially be some less good air as some of that, that smoke filters on down into the marine layer and down near the surface. So air quality may be diminished in some areas, especially away from the coast. The silver lining? All the smoke cover helped keep temperatures lower, about 25 to 30 degrees lower than the day before. Null expects mild temperatures again today. That should help crews in their battle against the fires that are causing all that smoke. Saul? Thanks, Lily. That's the California Report's Lily Jamali. These are stressful times because of the wildfires and because of coronavirus and this socially distant new world it's created. So how do we cope with it all? Well, KPCC's Robert Garova has a bit of expert advice. Depleted. That's how UCLA psychiatrist Dr. Emanuel Maidenberg describes the mental state of many people he's interacting with these days. What he calls the one-two punch of the virus and the fires has left a lot of people with depression. More and more people are likely to experience some longer-term effects as well. Poor air quality due to fires means less outdoor exercise. That's one less thing we can do to stay mentally healthy. The photos of apocalyptic red haze showing up in our social media feeds aren't helping either. 
Maidenberg suggests disconnecting a bit more right now and instead ramping up self-care routines like meditation and breathing exercises. Whatever it is that you do, try to do more of that, not less of that, because natural tendency uh, with stress of this kind is to do less of it. Maidenberg says it's also important to keep things in perspective. While COVID-19 may be with us for quite a while, at least the fires will eventually burn out. And that's something. For The California Report, I'm Robert Garova in Los Angeles. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast. And I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. And fires or no fires, the work of Sacramento continues. Governor Gavin Newsom signed several bills into law on Wednesday, aimed at helping small businesses recover from the coronavirus pandemic downturn. One bill gives companies a $1,000 tax credit for each employee they hire between July and December of this year. Newsom says only businesses that have fewer than 100 employees are eligible, and only if their gross income had declined by at least 50% since last year. The reason we created that construct of considerations is so often with tax credits, uh, it goes to the haves, not the have-nots. So often these open-ended tax credits go to a handful of well-resourced uh, uh, companies, not necessarily those small businesses that need them the most. So I want to thank- The bill's co-author, State Senator Ana Caballero of Salinas, says she met with many small business owners in drafting the legislation. Their number one issue was, where am I gonna get the capital? Where am I gonna get the ability to start hiring the people that have been staying at home, that have not been working? How am I gonna be able to do this? Newsom also signed a bill yesterday that exempts money that businesses received from the Paycheck Protection Program from state taxes.
And finally this morning, some stories this week from California's tech industry. With most of its employees working from home for the foreseeable future because of the pandemic, Twitter is looking to sublease a lot of its San Francisco headquarters. That could be another shock to the city's commercial real estate market, already reeling from the coronavirus business downturn. Over at Facebook, Ashok Chandawani, a software engineer at the company, has resigned because of concerns that the social media giant hasn't done enough to police hate messages and conspiracy theories. That follows stories about other Facebook employees expressing the same concerns to CEO Mark Zuckerberg. Meanwhile, a coalition of more than 40 civil rights groups are calling for Facebook's public policy chief in India to step down. More about that from Rachel Myro, senior editor of KQED's Silicon Valley desk. The letter cites a recent Wall Street Journal article that found a high-ranking official with ties to India's ruling BJP party urged Facebook employees to leave up hate speech against Muslims. Dia Kayali is with one of the groups that signed the letter, the international human rights nonprofit Witness. We're already seeing a change in the U.S. in how Facebook and other platforms deal with content that is directly linked to offline violence. But We're not seeing that in the rest of the world. The groups demand the immediate removal of Facebook's public policy chief in India and for a civil rights audit of the office conducted from Facebook's headquarters in Menlo Park. For the California Report, I'm Rachel Myro. Law enforcement continues to investigate the Monday shooting deaths of seven people, six men and one woman, in a remote area of Riverside County. The murders happened at an illegal cannabis grow operation with several hundred marijuana plants with a street value in the millions. No arrests have been made, but the Riverside County Sheriff's Department says multiple suspects are being investigated. Although recreational marijuana was legalized in California in 2016, the murders highlight the state's still very large illicit cannabis economy. Economy. And finally, in less than a month, counties will begin mailing every voter a ballot as part of California's shift to vote by mail in the face of the COVID-19 pandemic. But more than a dozen counties already send every voter a ballot, and those counties could provide clues for how this year's election will play out, as KQED's Guy Marzarati explains. Fifteen counties, including Orange and Santa Clara, already mail ballots to voters by default and have replaced assigned polling places with larger vote centers where any voter can cast a ballot. And they saw higher turnout than other counties in the 2018 and 2020 primary elections, according to a study out Wednesday from the Public Policy Institute of California. Researchers found no evidence that higher levels of vote-by-mail give a partisan advantage to either Republican or Democratic voters. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzarati. And that is the California Report for Thursday, September 10th, a production of KQD Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Stay safe and be well. Support for the California Report comes from Two Chairs, offering evidence-based therapy throughout California by matching individuals with one of their licensed therapists for virtual sessions. Learn more at twochairs.com. The California Healthcare Foundation, acknowledging the vital work of local public health departments to keep Californians safe during the pandemic. On the web at chcf.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. 
Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 